This is like the days of Noah to me, as I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So I have sworn that I will not be angry with you, and will not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. O oh, afflicted one, storm-tossed and not comforted, behold, I will set your stones in antimony and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of agate, your gates of carbuncles, and all your wall of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. If anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. As we continue our study in Advent, as we've mentioned a few times this morning, we're looking at peace this morning. And uh, thank you to Eric for his mention in the prayer for me. Um, it is a blessing to be able to be up here. I, walking feels pretty good while it's slow. Standing, I can't do very long. So <laughs> we're uh, still going to use the chair for a bit. But I, it is a blessing to be able to be up here. It is a blessing to see God's hand in, in healing and strengthening and just, it's, it's been a journey. It's been a long journey, but it's, it's, it's been a good journey as God's walked with me through it. Well, as we look at our text this morning, as we have studied our Bibles, as we read our Bibles, we know, we've known from little up that we have a, a new and an old testament in our Bibles, a new and an old covenant. The new Fulfilled the old. God made these covenants, these agreements with us, with mankind. These covenants are unique because they're one-sided. God brought everything to these covenants. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Isaiah writes, We have all come like one who is unclean. We, speaking of we, the children of Israel and himself, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. All our righteous deeds, not, not some, but all. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind. That leaves us, that reality, that state leaves us as individuals with a problem. If nothing we can do is good enough, as good as God can do it, then what do we do? What is our recourse? Will you take us out of the equation? Remember, these covenants are one-sided. Promises, these agreements are one-sided. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For our sake... 
He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He entered into this one-sided covenant because of what he was bringing, which was eternal life, salvation. That covenant, the, the new fulfilling the old, brings salvation to those who believe. Not because of what we have to offer, but because of what God has done. Isaiah chapter 53, the chapter before the one we're looking at this morning, prophesies the coming Savior. It describes how Jesus will be the instrument of that beautiful covenant, is the instrument of that beautiful covenant. In the first half of chapter 54, the prophecy that was laid out in 53 continues. It promises fruitfulness, multiplication among God's people who had been barren. And then it exhorts them not to fear. And then we come to today's text, the text we're looking at. Starting in verse 9, it says, This is like the days of Noah to me, as I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So I, God, have sworn that I will not be angry with you and will not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you. And my covenant of peace, my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. God makes an amazing promise here through the pen of Isaiah. A promise with his people, just like he did with Noah. The promise that he would never again destroy the world by water. He directly draws that connection in this text. God so deeply loves his people that he makes a covenant of peace with them. And we talked about a covenant. We talked about that agreement. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about God's covenant? We've mentioned it already also. Salvation. When we think of that covenant that God has made, that covenant that he sealed, that covenant that he fulfilled through his son, what did that covenant bring us? It brings us salvation when we put our trust in him. Here, Isaiah speaks of a covenant of peace. A covenant of peace. This is not another covenant. This is still referring to the covenant that he's made, that he fulfilled, that he established with us. It is a deeper explanation, in my own words, a deeper explanation of that covenant. An agreement to bring his children peace. Now, looking in the Strong's Dictionary, there's different ways to define peace and what that really means. But the root word here for peace, the first word listed in the Strong's Dictionary is safe. Safe. The servant will come and bring a covenant that will never be removed. Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 26 also refers to this covenant of peace. 
God says, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will set them in their land and multiply them. And will set my sanctuary in their midst forevermore. Remember, this is a one-sided covenant. It cannot be broken. Well, what does this covenant of peace, this agreement of safety, if you will, what does it bring us? Well, the rest of chapter 54 that we're going to look at this morning brings us three blessings of this covenant of peace. First is the transformation, then the teaching, and finally the protection. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. We thank you for this truth. We thank you for this text. We thank you for your beautiful care and concern for us. We thank you for the covenant that you have made with us, for us, Father. May we understand it deeper this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Verses 11 and 12 describe a transformation of God's people as a result of this covenant. O afflicted one, storm-tossed and not comforted, this is the opposite of safe, behold, I will set your stones in antimony. I will lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of agate, your gates of carbuncles, and all your wall of precious stones. Now, while these stones, many of them, are not familiar to us today, these are all beautiful stones, beautiful minerals. The picture is similar to that painted in Revelation chapter 21, verse 11. Having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. Without being transformed by the covenant that God made, we are just those filthy rags that we mentioned earlier. And as those filthy rags, we will not have peace. We will not feel safe. We will be storm-tossed and not comforted. Even in the midst of many people, we will be lonely. We will feel alone if not for that covenant of peace that God made with us. But when we are joined with God in his eternal covenant, we are transformed. We are made new. We are made beautiful. We are made indescribable because of the righteousness and beauty of God. We are made into beautiful stones being built into a spiritual house reflecting the glory of the Lord. The afflicted and oppressed have beauty and purpose in the temple of the Lord. We can be belong to something beautiful and glorious, the kingdom of God through his covenant, made available through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Verse 13 we see the second blessing of the covenant of peace. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, 
and great shall be the peace of your children. The, this is a description of those who are truly the children of God. Throughout the book of Isaiah, he notes how the people have not listened to the Lord. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. And he said, Go and say to his people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 9. For they are a rebellious people, whining children, children unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord. No one wanted to listen to the words of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 48, starting in verse 17. God lamented. Thus says the Lord, my Redeemer, your Redeemer, Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Well, back to Isaiah 54. But now the people who belong to this beautiful covenant of peace will be taught by the Lord. The children will listen to God. John chapter 6, verse 45, quotes this very passage. It is written, is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learns from the Father comes to me. The children are taught by God. Those who are in the covenant with God want to, desire to learn from God. Want to hear the scriptures. They long to hear the scriptures. They want to read what God has to say. They are listening to the calling of the Father. Being taught by the Lord will bring great peace to his children. The peace of God will be realized when we are taught by the Lord. As Kelsey read this morning, this true, complete reality of this peace will not be fully realized until we have crossed over into eternity, until this time has ended. But that peace is available to us now. It is distracted, it is, it is made blurry, if you will, by the fallenness and the realities of this world. But even in the midst of our turmoil and our trials and our struggles, that peace is there. It is available to us. Being taught is listening. Being taught means that you hear what was said, you learn what is said, and you act on what was said. Are you taught by God? Are you learning what God is teaching and allowing it to change you, to bring you into alignment with the reality of his covenant? What an amazing blessing to be in a covenant of peace with the creator of the universe. That we taught directly by God, 
through his inspired words that we call the Bible. Let those words change your life. Verse 14 says that we will be established in righteousness. God's words will make our lives completely different as we allow them to sanctify us, to teach us, to grow us, to mature us. When we open our hearts and minds to them. Living for what is right and not for sin. Finally, God says that we, through this covenant of peace, that we are protected spiritually when we are part of this covenant. Verse 15 says, Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Even though it often doesn't feel like it, God is going to deal with those who stand against us spiritually. He promises it. We may not realize it in this life, but he is going to deal with those who come against us spiritually. It is a promise. And God doesn't break his promises. Verse 17. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication from me, declares the Lord. God has it in his hand. No matter what our enemies may do to us, no attack will stand for eternity. Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 31. Paul so beautifully states it. What then shall we say to those th these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Him who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How was he not also with him? How would he also not then with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Christ has brought us a new everlasting covenant through his offering for our sins. The children of God are spread throughout the earth today. We are enjoying the blessings of being in relationship with God. Each of us has been transformed into a precious stone. Has been. It is done. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are secure in the hand of the Lord as we are taught by him. Our eternal possession is greater than anything that this world has to offer. As we live this life, he fights our battles. Being in this covenant of peace we need to understand a truth. We need to understand something. This peace, this transforming, teaching, protecting peace 
is not negotiated. It's not bargained for. Yes, we are called to be peacemakers. But in peacemaking, that's not a negotiation. That's not a coming to the bargaining table. It's done. True peace is not negotiated. True peace is reconciled, aligned with God's standard. Today, we are very familiar with peace negotiations between nations, groups, and individuals, husbands, wives, siblings, and friends. We hammer out these states of peace, and we wishfully hope that they'll stand. But we know that they are fragile. True peace, peace that is reconciled, not based on man's desires, but aligned with God's standard, is unshakable and eternal. This is all made possible by a beautiful gift. We come back to our verse for this morning, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What a gift. What a beautiful gift God has given us. Do we understand that this true peace, that this covenant of peace is available to us? I reiterate, it's not to be negotiated, to be bargained for. It is to be reconciled. It is to be brought back to the standard that God has established through the life, death, and resurrection of his son. If you attempt to build peace upon negotiation, it is a house of cards. But if you build peace, if you seek peace that is reconciled to the standard that God has set, it will stand. And all the weapons that can be formed against us, all the spiritual weapons, all the battles that we may face, God will overcome. God will carry us through. I encourage you this morning to stand on the reality of that peace, of the covenant of peace that God has made with us, that God has made for us. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. We thank you for the covenant of peace that you have established for us, God. God, may we not settle for the things that this world has to offer. Lord, may we seek reconciliation with your peace, Lord. May, may our heart's desires, may our actions rest in your peace. Lord, may we embrace our transformation. May we hunger after your teaching. May we rest in your protection, Lord, as we embrace the reality of your peace, of your provision, 
through the life, death, and resurrection of your Son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.